go and make disciples of all nations. You are entering the Listen, Disciple, Repeat podcast. All right. Welcome to the Listen, Disciple, Repeat podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Fant, and today we have Justin Fant, my brother, with us. Hello. Uh, Justin is going to be calling in on the phone. We're using the same microphone through FaceTime, so hopefully it sounds okay for everybody. Uh, but we're going to be talking about the Trinity today um, and also the Holy Spirit. So we wanted to go into uh, the Trinity first. And Justin, is Trinity mentioned in the Bible anywhere? However, uh, Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity of God is listed many times in Scripture. Um, one of the one of the ones I had was Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen, uh, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So right there, you have all of the Trinity. Son, Father, Holy Spirit, all in one piece of scripture. But there is um, multiple, multiple scripture um, throughout the Bible that a lot of the Old Testament is referring to uh, the Father. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you hear Jesus talking about uh, he prays to the Father in the Garden of uh, Gethsemane and um, he's on the cross he's telling them you know he's he's talking to the father um saying forgive them father for they know not what they do and so it however they are one so it is a is a difficult concept for our for us to wrap our our human brains around because it it talks about different persons of the trinity but however if we think about it like you're a person, I'm a person, we're individuals kind of deal. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but if you think about it from a godly perspective, those are each God's natures, almost like he's, so he's the Father, he's the Son, and he's the Holy Spirit. Um, and they have different jobs within the Godhead. So I think I think it's quite interesting and in how God, you know, created, or I mean, how how that is i mean just god's nature of, of being the trinity i don't really have good words to put together because it's such a it's a concept that's that's foreign to us as humans well when you hear trinity and everything people say that's not in the bible and that kind of stuff well i mean you're literally just picking a word that means what the bible actually is talking about so i mean it it doesn't have to say Trinity necessarily for it to be true. Um, you could call it the three men of God or whatever. You could call it whatever you want. It means the same thing, but it's just the way that people put it. Right. So that's the most important thing you get you to remember. Right. And uh, one interesting piece of scripture that I was looking at, and it's from the very beginning in Genesis one twenty six. Um, which if you're reading it 
and you don't really have any idea of what the Trinity is or anything like that. Um, it's one of those things that you look at it in your, it's a, so it says, let us, or yeah, it says, let us make mankind in our image. Um, and it is refer, you know, God is referring to himself as that, that triune nature, um, and the, and the plural form, but yet he is one, but it is interesting, you know, if, if you're looking at it like that and, and you're kind of thinking to yourself, what, what just happened there? My mind is blown in the first, in Genesis one. Um, and it also talks about in Genesis one verse two about the spirit of God hovering over the water. So, you know, the spirit is there. It gives reference to that part of the Trinity right off the bat as well. And the spirit is mentioned throughout the Bible. So it's, it's not just the new Testament and everything, which it is in the new Testament. And it's a big part of the new Testament. Um, you know, right after Jesus is risen and everything like that, they talk about them all being filled with the Holy spirit and all that kind of stuff. And that's very important, but it is throughout the entire Bible, old Testament and new. Right, it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, one good uh, scripture reference I was looking at from John, uh, it's John 1, verses 1 through 3. It talks about, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he, uh, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So this is in reference to Jesus being, he's being called the word here. So, and nothing was, I mean, so he created, it's basically just giving reference to that, you know, he's, yes, he is human on earth right now, but he is God. So he's both fully God and fully man. Um, and that is, it's one of those doctrinal concepts to be, you know, it's very important that we get that. Um, we can't just say, oh, well, he was just, you know, some guy who maybe the, the spirit of God was working through. No, he was actually God himself in human form. Um, but it's, you know, in, you can see Jesus even in the Old Testament because if you look and you can compare Scripture with Scripture here, I thought this was very interesting. So if you look and it's, uh, you know, in, in Exodus 3, 14, uh, he is Moses and he's, he's, um, he's basically going to Egypt and he's going to be uh, talking with Pharaoh. This is when all of the you know, when he's going to say, let, you know, let my people go and, and that whole deal. Um, and so he said, who do you, you know, say is sending me? And basically God just says, I am who I am. And, you know, to say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So he just refers to himself as I am. 
And that's pretty powerful. But if you look in John uh, 8, 58, Jesus is talking here and he says, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So he's talking, he's saying I am. So, you know, that's, that's given reference to Jesus is God. So, um, as part of that whole triune deal. And that's, you know, that's the best way I've found to prove, you know, the Trinity is, you know, you have to compare scripture with scripture and you have to look at old Testament versus new Testament and see how it all ties together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have to go back and that's the whole part of, you know, really studying and knowing the Bible, you know, backwards and forwards as you, you know, you can, connect scripture together you know from old testament new testament and everything and there's actually a part i would have to actually i don't remember exactly where it is but um there's a part of the in the old testament where it's the uh the, i think, believe it's the jews and everything we're talking about their prediction of um someone to come and everything and it was literally like verbatim like what would happen to Jesus and everything like that with his sacrifice and this and that. Um, and it was said way back, like way before he was even born or anything. And then it all came to be. Um, so there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that, you know, they relate to each other with old Testament, new Testament and everything like that. Um, especially when it comes to Holy spirit and, um, and the Trinity and everything. Yeah. Another, uh, reference to, the father and the son you know kind of reference is john five twenty two says for the father judges none but has given all judgment to the son uh referring to jesus so you know right there we find that that separation between the father and the son however they are still one um and then, you know, we want to get into the Holy Spirit and, and what's going on there. And so, in John fourteen twenty six, 26, uh, Jesus is talking and he says, but the, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Um and those, I mean, I, I find that in John, as as far as the New Testament goes, and as far as what Jesus is about to throw down on everybody, as far as this new way of salvation that he's bringing, uh, that's when he's really talking about the helper, which is the Holy Spirit that's going to be, you know, through his resurrection is when he basically, God gives us the Holy Spirit to indwell us and and guide us, give us. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the aspects of what you know. What does the Holy Spirit do for us? Um, but when I was, you know, I always have to. We always have to add in some kind of movie uh, reference or uh, similarity here. But one thing I was thinking that kind of ties in with um, the Holy Spirit. I mean, they. I think. When George Lucas was making Star Wars, he 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 had the Holy Spirit in mind, uh, at least as far as I can tell. Because 
I mean, you you think about the Obi Wan Kenobi character in the original Star Wars: A New Hope, and he's he's like, "You strike me down, and I'll become more powerful than you can ever imagine." And so then he's coming back as as this ghost, you know, visiting uh, Luke and and giving him guidance and that kind of thing. And that's I know that's a, a silly reference in a, a fictional you know thing, but the concept is the same as far as you know, Jesus died for us, and when he died, he resurrected, and, and then the Holy Spirit was able to, you know, when when we gain salvation and we put our trust in Jesus, um, you know, the gospel message through his death, burial, and resurrection, that gave the ability for us, you know, that, that gave the ability for the Holy Spirit to indwell us here on earth and our human bodies and, and guide us. Um, which is an amazing thing. And I don't, you know, the Holy spirit, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know that. I mean, obviously you grew up, we, we both grew up in the church, but you know, I'm sure we heard reference to the Holy spirit, but I didn't really truly understand the power of the Holy spirit. Really. I mean, it, it well into my adult life as far as that, I mean, that is why you are surrendering to Jesus. You're surrendering to God. Like until you fully surrender, the Holy spirit can't indwell you. If you're still sinning or you're doing things, not, not that we're not going to sin, but if you're still actively, you know, blatantly sinning, um, you know, then the Holy spirit, can't indwell you and and work through you like like you need so yeah well that's the whole thing of when you're actually saved that that feeling of freedom and happiness and and love and everything and, and feeling like not only that but um because it always says the holy spirit is within you uh, like you know, the holy spirit is more like within each and every one of us that become saved and everything and they it, it comes down from that also it goes into um, whenever you feel like condemnation towards something you know if you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing you know you always call it the conscience or whatever but um, if you do something you're not supposed to be doing and you like before you were saved you would just do stuff and not think twice about it but now that you are you really you feel that that little bit of conviction when you do do something and that that is part of that holy spirit thing where you're able to you know know what's right and wrong more so because you build them and you have that sense of what's the right thing what's not and that kind of stuff and that's um you know all of that power of being saved and that power of being a christian of showing more love and doing this and that's all encompassed in the holy spirit itself you know it's it's, it's a it's a wonderful thing once you once you receive that and you realize that that's what it is. It's a powerful tool that you know the Lord's given to you. Right, I agree. Um, you know the the Scripture talks about uh, the Holy Spirit being quenched, um, and I don't know if that's more like language that they would have used as they were translating, like, I don't know what the Hebrew or the, or the, or the original Greek said, but they, they say, um, 
First Thessalonians five nineteen says, "Do not quench the spirit." And basically, quench is mean meaning extinguish uh, the spirit. And you know, you ask, well, how do we extinguish the spirit or quench the spirit? Well, we we basically, you know, just don't turn from our sin, don't repent. Um, yeah, we can know Jesus is real, and we can, you know, we can accept that He is God and and all that. But if we just continue in our sinful ways and don't truly repent and change mind, then you know, our, our the Holy Spirit will be quenched, and it, you know that keeps it that keeps the Holy Spirit from working in us. I mean, I think, I mean, looking at my story, that's exactly what was going on. I mean, maybe at one point in my early childhood when I was originally saved and baptized um you know i don't know that i really ever understood that concept and really ever let you know may i don't know that i fully surrendered and fully turned from my or changed mine you know and repented from everything to allow the holy spirit to work through me and you know it's difficult to say but i i can certainly feel the holy spirit working through me now so yeah i think a synonym for that the, the way they're meaning it um would be almost like suppressed um if you're quenching you know the spirit and everything you're, you're kind of not allowing it to you're suppressing it not allowing it to you know to to work fully in you and you know and, and that's the whole thing about you know you're people talk about their calling or whatever, whatever they're called to do. If you're not really fully aware of the Holy Spirit working inside of you and doing the right thing and all that, then you're not really going to be able to realize what the Lord has set out. Um, so you're kind of suppressing that. And, and really a part of that is you're, and it may not be, it may be inadvertently or whatever, but you're doing it a lot of times to keep on sinning or doing whatever you're, you know, whatever you're wanting to do, the, flesh, the fleshly thing to do, you know, whatever it may be. Um, right. Yeah, and we talked about that in past episodes as far as just trying to, um, basically, you're, either your conscience is seared and you don't even realize that what you're doing is, you're totally oblivious to, to what you're doing is, is bad or sinful because, you know, because your heart has been hardened, you know, similar to, um, to Pharaoh and, and Exodus story. And, you know, uh, I think first Timothy four, um, verses one and two gives a good example. So it says, now the spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy and having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Uh, so right there, it's talking about having that conscience seared or the heart hardened. Uh, and I think that's a good representation of what a lot of what, what a lot of people are doing nowadays and, and have always been doing. But as culture makes certain things, you know, seem normal, people, I think, I, I think just blatantly, you know, when they're when they don't have God in their life, they're not actively reading God's word and and following, you know, they don't look at it as truth, and they're not 
looking at this and saying, you know, this is the way I need to live my life. This is, this is right and wrong. Then their conscience gets seared and, you know, they want to go with, with the popular crowd and, and, and they don't see anything wrong with it because it's just part of culture. Um, yeah. Well, and what I like to think about too, cause I'm a visual person. So I know a lot of people are out there and the thing, but, um, when I think of a hardened heart and all that, which is, um, I think of it as almost like material thing where the harder something is, the more fragile it is. So if you're not, if you're not going to allow yourself to be a little more flexible, uh, and by that, I mean, letting the, the Holy Spirit, the Lord really kind of mold you into what the, what you're meant to be. If you have a hardened heart and you're, you're being that way, you're going to be easily fractured and and broken, just like pottery or glass or anything like that. The more rigid you are, you know, the more likely you are to crack and break. But just like bridges, they need to flex or otherwise they would break. So you need to have, for you to be able to work correctly, for you to be able to do what the Lord is calling you to do and everything like that, and what the Holy Spirit is working in you to do in your life, you have to be moldable, you know, and or malleable and, and not be hardened. But that's the kind of way I think about like a hardened heart. Like it, it is a visual thing for me that the more you're that way, the more you're going to be susceptible to damage essentially to being, you know, damaged mentally or, or whatever. You know. Well, and that hardened seared conscience thing, I mean, that's why that's one of those things like we were talking about through suffering. I think that's why God uses suffering in the life of the believer um, as well as the unbeliever. I mean, it's to drive us closer to him. And so things that, you know, sometimes it's to call us out and, uh, and break us, you know, some people need to be broken before they can truly come to the salvation through Jesus Christ. <laughs> reminds me of the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten Cop when that kid's hitting the back of his seat. He keeps hitting the back of his seat in the, in the airplane, and he turns around. And he said, "You keep hitting the back of my seat. This is what I'm gonna do to you." And he breaks the pencil in half with his finger. <laughs> Sometimes God breaks us, so. Right. I thought one important point, too, of the Holy Spirit um, is that it, it guarantees our salvation. You know, as believers in Christ, we repent, um, we surrender to Christ. And, and so Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says, In him uh, you also, when you had the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So to me that's that's even more good news because, you know, we can't lose our salvation. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. It doesn't leave us, 
it can be quenched, you know, through things that we might do. But as as believers in Christ, you know, once we're saved, we're saved. We, you know, we we can't lose our salvation. And we we are going to do a podcast later on on that concept about eternal security uh, because it is a lot of it's it gets complicated and. Actually, I wanted to have uh, more of a theologian on here with us when we do that, but that's yet to be determined. Uh, but it, you get you can go down some long rabbit holes as far as um, because people will try to argue that, and they'll try to use scripture to argue it. But the problem is, is they're using scripture that's out of context, uh, and it was speaking, you know, to people that weren't the church. Um, so. But once another uh, concept, and these, you know, these concept concepts, um, I I kind of use the I used as a guide uh, a a, bib- a biblical discipleship packet um, that's through the um, Living Faith Bible Institute. Uh, I mean, it's available online to anybody, but they give a really good representation of things that the Holy Spirit does um, once it indwells us and give some good scriptural reference to it. So I definitely wanted to kind of run down through a couple of those um, and talk about it as far as it relates to the Holy Spirit. But um, one of the things it does besides guaranteeing our salvation is it gives us strength and empowers us. Um, And Ephesians 3.16, which I have to swing over that way... um, but it talks about giving us uh, strength and empowering us as it indwells us. And it's it's one of those things that we need as believers, especially in this world um, that we're in living in right now when we have you know attacks from every angle and some people who aren't as rooted in in the word can be easily swayed, you know, by false prophets and and different people who are wanting to um, be their own gods and come up with their own, you know, doctrines. So I feel like the more I'm in the word, the stronger and more empowered that I get. And the Holy Spirit is what gives me that power. Yeah, well, like we talked about last week or mentioned last week is that that armor of God that we can, you know, we can put on as we study to show ourselves approved, as it says. You know, you get more and more in the Word and that kind of stuff and more prepared, um, you know, day by day and learn more and more. You, the more you're prepared to, you know, fight against, you know, everything that comes at you evil everything else because there's a lot of that nowadays but yeah the Holy Spirit is the root of all that right yeah and um, another one I wanted to go over was that the Spirit bears witness of our salvation so in Romans 8 16 uh, it talks about the Spirit himself bears witness with with our spirit that we are the children of God so it basically just you know, it bears witness that we are saved uh, through, you know, by the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. So, 
Um, and it also it also intercedes in prayer for us. So as we pray, which is the primary way that we're we're able to communicate to God, um, and it, the Holy Spirit guides us in our prayer so that we can so that we can better know what to, you know, it gives us the wisdom basically. And so Romans 8, 26 and 27, um, it says, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Uh, so that's another way the Holy Spirit works through us as it indwells us. Um, and I know like in my prayer life, which is it's constantly uh, evolving, you know, to be... To be better, uh, one one good thing that I heard this evening because I was taking a, a class at church, and basically we should start out saying, you know, basically acknowledging that God is God and He is the Creator of the universe and everything, and you know how powerful He is, and um, that's kind of how we should start out. You know, I mean that if you look at the Lord's Prayer. Uh, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as earth as it is in heaven. Um, you know, we should be looking for that kingdom to be coming for the second, you know, advent of, of Jesus Christ when he's to come again in the future. Um, we should long for that, but we should also have joy in our current lives now, which is kind of a difficult concept as well for, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm saved now, so can't I just go to heaven? uh it's like no we still have to stay here and and do the you know what matthew 28 is saying and that's to make disciples and lead people to christ so they can you know be saved he's like i gave you one thing to do you had one job (laughs) (laughs) yeah um well the biggest thing and i know we're focused on the holy spirit and everything but the, the biggest thing for me when I think of the Holy Spirit is um, the sacrifice that came for us to be able to have, you know, to be able to, to have that like we do. Um, you know, the, like we talked about, when you think about the Holy Trinity and everything, the Lord, or Jesus is, is God. Um, so he literally sent they had a piece of himself down here and he went through I mean so much suffering it's unbelievable but he literally sacrificed himself um, for us for our sins and everything for us to be able to have that to begin with um, so well, if you really think about how powerful that is I mean you didn't have to do that they get a just stayed as God and Holy Spirit and just never sent Jesus down or anything. So uh, for him to be able to, to do that for us, to, to come down and, you know, suffer everything that he did and, and everything, and then um, to be able to, 
to for us to be able to now talk about prayer life literally just repent of our sins and talk directly to God and say please for like literally and, and please forgive me for for what I've been doing and everything and and that's it you know like it's it's so much of a blessing to be able to do that and you know it's, it's completely different than it used to be back way back in the day well it seems you know it's a, it's a lot more simple and I mean you know really the law that the that the Jews had to go through, you know, through the Old Testament to be saved, that was basically done to show us that it can't be done. Like, I mean, it, nobody can follow that. I don't remember how many some odd laws there were. It's 300-something, something in that range. But, I mean, no, it's impossible. Like, nobody can do it. And nobody can, you know, that's why we were talking about last time about false gospels. I mean, you can't be saved by your works. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I feel very blessed that we live in this, I call it the church age. Um, and we can go over different things regarding that in the future, but, you know, since Christ died for us and was resurrected and the Holy Spirit indwells us now and, and saves us that way, I mean, it truly is the simplest way to be saved, um, because it's something we can, per- you know, it's not, it's not our works. It's, you know, it's is surrendering and then you know christ saves us through his grace by faith alone so uh yeah it's a true blessing and you know we can get into the the whole backstory of of why he had to come and do that in the future and i you know do not fully understand all of it i'm just in the infancy of uh of understanding and I don't know that truly anybody really understands what exactly is going on in the background picture, but I know the Bible mentions a lot about different aspects of, they kind of reference it as seed. So like different, um, even way back in Genesis, uh, it talks about seed and then talks about seed being corrupted and different things regarding, you know, the, the sons of man coming down and, interbreeding with the women you know uh, women in genesis 6 and it talks about different things as far as like strange flesh you know um all these different references have something to do with the fact that when we fell there was something that we lost that you know we were made in the image of god but then we lost the ability you know we we basically, you know, you eat this fruit and you will die. Well, yeah, I mean, they didn't die immediately, but all the things that we have as a result of the fall that we can see as far as, you know, he mentions pain in childbirth and uh, issues with growing things in the soil. Like, basically, everything is going to be hard for us, and, you know, we can, and we can die. But something, you know, supernatural through... Jesus coming and, you know, God coming and uh, as, and, and being born, you know, living as man and living that sinless life. He was the only human, you know, human. He is God, but he was human as well to ever live and fully uh, follow the law perfectly. And then he died and was sacrificed. Then he, res- you know, then he was resurrected. 
and by his, you know, right after his resurrection, that kind of sealed our salvation and then allowed the Holy Spirit to come and work within us and, and indwell our human bodies. So until that happened, then we didn't have, you know, there, that ability was not there, you know, for that salvation. So, um, you know, if you compare scripture with scripture and you look around through all the scripture, there's some weird stuff going on there. And I don't know that anybody really truly understands fully, but it was a way to get around, you know, cause Satan's been trying to get at us since the garden. Um, and there was something to do with genetics almost like that once we fell, like we couldn't be saved in the original way until Jesus came and did, you know, his sacrifice and resurrection. So, it's very interesting, and I don't fully understand it, like I said, but the more, if I get more information on it and, you know, we get some people on that that know way more than I do, then we can certainly discuss it more, but I don't want to tell you the wrong thing, but that's kind of the interesting gist of that. But uh, going along with other things that the Holy Spirit does, it helps us learn and understand uh, the Bible. And 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 12, uh, it talks about, says, uh, but God revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit, it searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows, for what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So because we have the indwelling Holy Spirit within us, it helps us to know the things of God. And, you know, the Word of God is is what it helps us learn. So it helps us be filled with wisdom beyond our own human understanding. You know, the more that we read the Word, we are guided by the Spirit and filled with, with truth and wisdom. Yeah, well, I know, like, I know I feel like a lot of times where, um, like I was talking about, I think in our first podcast with when I was trying to, you know, switch jobs and I kind of stuff, didn't know where I was going to go and that kind of stuff. I, I literally, it's the Holy Spirit is something that was in me that I had to kind of get out of my own way and that full surrender, which I know we've discussed, but, um, to be able to really listen to the Holy Spirit that's that's in you and, and know that you know, full wholeheartedly, like, okay, this is this is the right thing, or it's not the right thing, or whatever. Like that's that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you and, and being able to guide you because, you know, it is he is in you. <clears throat> so um, I think that that's one thing that we you know benefit from is that like a I think I said earlier that once you do get saved and everything like that and all that, and you really like embrace the Holy Spirit within you and everything, you can make those decisions and, and distinctions and different things uh, more clearly through the Holy Spirit, which is a, is a powerful tool um, and and a huge blessing, obviously. But um, it's just a cool thing to to harness almost like a superpower or something. You know, you have you have God within you, the you know the most powerful being in the, in the world or I mean, in the universe um, as the Holy Spirit inside of you that gives you that 
that sense of right and wrong and, and what to do. So I know like when a lot of people have anxiety and this and that or whatever, for you to be able to focus on that, that you have that within you, that power and that you know, the Holy Spirit is always with you and everything, that it should give you a sense of peace, which I know it has for me in the past when I've dealt with stuff like that. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. Yep, I agree. Um, and that that leads us to the next one, and it's, uh, I mean, the Holy Spirit gives us comfort. Um, and John 14, 15, and 18, um, it, it talks about, it, you know, it, it gives reference to what we were saying in the beginning about the helper. Uh, is 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 a way that Jesus described the Holy Spirit, and I mean that says it all right there. I mean he that's he's our helper, you know, that indwells us, and he can fill our mind with wisdom and truth. Um, the more that we are able to discern things in the Bible and understand it, you know, we can. I know for me, like being able to pull up a scriptural reference in my head and know that it's the word of God and that, you know, I can feel the spirit within me. It gives me, you know, it helps me calm down, you know, in times of anxiety, which we all have. Um, so yeah, that, that's a good point. And that's, I mean, comfort is a huge thing because a lot of people don't have a whole lot of comfort nowadays, especially in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so it, it comes down to the last couple here. Um, and, and it kind of goes through the same, uh, John fourteen twenty six reference that I mentioned in the beginning. Um, but it's, it talks about the Holy spirit will teach us and, and, bring things to remembrance um, and then also that he will convict us of our sin as well. So uh, those two things right there, you know, because we do still live in these, you know, flesh bodies and, and we still are going to sin, you know, we're, we're saved. So all we have to do is confess our sins and, you know, and turn from them and you know our salvation is secure um but through that i mean just bringing it to christ and and then letting it go moving forward so i mean my favorite one of my favorite scriptural references i know i've mentioned it before is philippians three thirteen, which is paul talking and basically i mean that guy was murdering people and doing all kind of crazy stuff and he just since he was saved and totally, you know, sins were covered by the finished work of Christ on the cross. Um, he he just forgets everything in the past and moves forward towards the, you know, the hope which is Jesus Christ. So, yeah, and if you can't learn anything from that guy, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's he's definitely given hope to a lot of people because they can look and say like, Oh, um, you know, if that, if that guy can be like one of the greatest, you know, 
apostles, you know, for in you know, and bringing people to Christ, you know, then then I have a chance. <laughs> Tell me, there's a chance. That's right. But um, I think next podcast we're going to be talking about fruits of the spirit. So it's things that the Holy Spirit you know, can manifest in you. And we're going to be talking about some of the opposite of the fruits of the spirit as well. Um, but I think that'll be, you know, Holy spirit part two. Uh, but I think we're coming up on where we want to end off on this one. Um, like I say, we're kind of having some technical difficulties, so we're going to try to get it situated and, uh, and out as soon as possible but we appreciate everybody who listens hopefully it reaches some folks and um you know you never know which or how it's going to affect somebody and and how many you know people that that person will bring to christ so yeah plant that seed (laughs) yeah and it's not a pyramid scheme (laughs) look this person tells these two people. These two people tell at least three more people. Yeah, that was an office reference for those that don't know. That's a pyramid scheme, though, that I can get behind. I think that I think we need to do that. I think we need to be developing a bit huge pyramid scheme. Yeah, because it's not a scheme. It's the way to salvation, and it is the, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, so... We're not going to get to the Father except through Him. So we all got to surrender to Him, repent, and be saved by grace through faith and uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just sounded like I was 13 years old just then. (laughs) Well, I'm going to close this out in prayer. So we will... uh, close out here and we'll see y'all next week but let's go to the lord in prayer lord we love you very much thank you for our creation thank you for our salvation through jesus and through his finished work on the cross and thank you for giving us the helper the holy spirit to indwell us and and guide us in all the ways and please be with us through this next week Please keep us safe and guide us in the ways that we should go. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right. Well, I'm going to sign off here. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Listen, Disciple, Repeat podcast. Make sure to like or subscribe on your favorite podcast channel. And as always, go and make disciples.